0: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, editorial director here with Mara Levinsky, senior editor. Hi everyone. Well, Mara, the nominations for the 48th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards have been announced, and there is a lot to unpack. So, I need to start with what I feel is the most insanely glaring omission, which is that Days was not included in the category for best writing, while Bold and Beautiful, General Hospital, and Young and Restless were. Now, first of all, I have absolutely no idea how this process works. I know people vote, and I know this year they weren't allowed to vote in their own category, but it just seems weird to me to have only three shows in a category, especially when there were only four soaps on the air. Plus, it seems like every other category has five nominees, so I don't know, three just seems a very odd number. It must be such a blow to the show, which just got a two-year pickup and to its head writer, Ron Carlavatti. I mean, you and I both have a glimpse into how hard everyone works to keep these shows airing all year round, and it just makes me sad on the show's behalf that they weren't recognized in a category they should be. I mean, I can't fathom how it's possible to have one show not included in one of these three big non-acting categories, but again, I'm not super familiar with the process. I mean, Days was included in both directing and drama series, so again, it just seems like a head-scratcher. I agree. You know, uh, it, it's to me a different kind of conversation uh, that we're having in 2021, or, or really, I suppose that we've been having since 2011, when all my children in One Life to Live wrapped, and in subsequent years there were only four shows on the air. Whereas, you know, there were years where there were, you know, 14 shows in the running. Just nominate all four. I feel like, like, what's the harm? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. uh, there's a different kind of head scratching going on, in my opinion, in Uh, some of the technical categories. And uh, frankly, I'm like really bummed out about it. Recently, the way the Emmys work has changed so that when you're talking about a category like outstanding costume design or hairstyling or set design, it's not the four soaps competing amongst themselves. It's the four soaps up against pretty much any show on Netflix or any other streaming service that puts itself in the running. So all of the soaps this year were shut out of hairstyling, art director slash set decoration slash scenic design categories, as all of the slots went to streaming shows. You know, series from Netflix and Hulu and Apple TV Plus and Amazon Prime. H- how does that make a lick of sense? Like, those shows have been termed um, drama or daytime fiction entries. But as they are streaming shows, by definition, they are not daytime shows. You know, the assignment that the daytime set designers and costume designers have is completely different. Their, their playing field is completely different. And quite frankly, I don't see how they ever could compete with the shows they're up against now that they're not just competing within the soap opera field. Like they are doing hundreds of episodes a year as opposed to a short season's worth. And the streaming shows may well have a bigger budget for their short season than a soap does for the whole year. It may make for... I don't know, like a more streamlined telecast or whatever the goal, uh, you know, is in making these changes to the category uh, eligibility. But in terms of honoring the craftsmanship of the artists working in daytime, like true old-fashioned network daytime TV, it really just kind of baffles me. I mean, I agree with you 100%. You know, it begs the question, what defines the day part now? I totally understand shaking up the traditional categories because there's digital content that could be considered so be. But this just feels like a bridge too far. I mean, we're really comparing apples and oranges here. And, you know, kudos to Days's costume designer, Richard Bloor, for breaking through in the costume design category and getting a nod in the sea of non-soap offerings. And there was one year where Richard was left out and the other three shows were nominated. And I remember being so devastated for him because Days shoots so far ahead. You know, he is tasked with finding seasonally appropriate clothing for air shows, which isn't always the easiest feat to pull off, you know, months away from the season that he's buying for. You know, but this exclusion factor is just so perplexing. You know, it's one thing when 20-plus actors are vying for five slots, you know everyone isn't going to make the cut, but when there's only a handful of categories to represent the crew, it just, I don't know, it just feels unfair. And don't get me wrong, I couldn't be happier that the Emmys are still happening and I appreciate all of the effort Natus has put in and that the show will be back on network again on CBS. But I just hate the feeling of being disappointed for so many people when that list comes out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and of course, when it comes to the acting nominees, there are always some omissions that I'm bummed about or just names that I expected to see that aren't there. I always feel like I don't want to play the game of who would I take off the list to make room for someone who I feel deserved a nomination. You know, performers are not Truly being nominated for the entirety of their performance. You know, they're being nominated for a very, very abridged and curated selection of work from the year. Uh, And real selection is an art unto itself. And I, I feel like inevitably, no matter what, my definition of a perfect list of nominees is going to differ from yours and yours will differ from another viewer's. But, you know, with that said, were there any people that you were really surprised not to see on the list? You know, I will say that I thought Young and Restless's Sharon Case would make the cut. I mean, she had so much material surrounding her cancer diagnosis and she did so well that I thought that would be a slam dunk. I was also surprised Jason Thompson wasn't there because he won last year. Um, And you know, Billy spiraled during 2020 and had very emotional material to play. And from the same show, Brittany Sarby. I mean, do you remember how amazing she was when Elena confessed to Devon that she slept with Nate? You know, I think of the performers of the week we did and who got them, and that pretty much frames my view of who should be nominated. You? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, Sharon and Brittany were two of the first names that sprang to mind for me, for sure. I actually just talked to Brittany's leading man on and off the show, Brighton James, and he said he was still, like, really shocked that he wasn't sharing his nomination with her because his reel was all about their character's breakup all scenes that they shared. Uh, I also feel like one of the big impact soap scenes from the last year was uh, G.H.'s Lisa LaCisero breaking down at Dante's door when Olivia went to Switzerland to try to convince her son to see her. That's something that, you know, really resonated. Uh, I think, you know, Stacey Heideck was, was so impressive this past year on Days of Our Lives, as uh, Kristen as well. Uh, that was a surprise to me. I second that. Um, now, one nomination I was totally thrilled about and not surprised by is our guest today. She already has one trophy on her mantle, and based on everything she did in 2020, she could easily add another to it. It's Jacqueline McInnes-Wood, who plays bold and beautiful Steffi, and her life has changed dramatically since we had her on the podcast last, so let's check in with her about everything going on in her life. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Hey. How you doing? I'm very well. How are you doing? Good, thanks. We're so happy to be talking to you. First of all, congratulations on your very well-deserved Emmy nomination. And Thank you're also you so coming fun. back to the show next week. So, perfect. Time. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a very it's been a very exciting week. Um, yeah, my, uh, my air, I believe, is coming Monday. And yeah, I just found out I was nominated, so I'm super thrilled. Well, you are nominated again for lead actress. So, tell us how you found out and what it means for you to be recognized again by the Emmys, I I found out. Uh, I think was it yesterday. Forgive me, I have mom brain, and <laughs> if you might hear a toddler or a baby crying, like they're they're close by, so <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but I, uh, I ended up finding out through um, uh, they announced it on Entertainment Tonight, which was really exciting, mm-hmm. and and then of course Brad Bell and. Eva, our phenomenal publicist, she reached out and, you know, everyone, they were calling me and congratulating me. And it was just, it was, it's, you know, a huge honor, especially because last year we were the first show back and it was extremely daunting. You know, we we knew a lot of eyes were going to be on us. Just people even who weren't, who don't watch soap operas, everyone was watching our show because we were the first ones out of the gate and we wanted to do it right and not only were we the first ones out of the gate we also had this extremely heavy storyline that we wanted to execute correctly and we wanted to do it the right way we didn't you know want to offend anyone we wanted to just you know do as much research as we possibly could and again on our show we we filmed very quick like most daytime shows uh, but also doing the dance uh due to, uh, COVID and the protocols and filming six feet away from each other. And, you know, it wasn't just like, I, I can't say, Oh, it's, you know, it's me. I'm so excited. I'm nominated. It was like everybody I, I, I might, I'm so proud of the whole cast and crew, how we nailed that at the beginning, as far as like being emotionally present in those scenes, but also, you know, audio had to get it right. Lighting had to get it right. Everyone had to be emotionally present in that moment. You know, there's, there's scenes like that where you're emotional and you want to hug your, your father or your significant other, and you can't, and everyone just brought it. So I am extremely proud of all of our work from this past year. Uh, It's like just to see that we've done it and grateful to be working. Uh, But I am over the moon. Well, you are already a daytime Emmy winner. You took home the prize for lead actress just a few short years ago. What would it mean to you to hear your name called a second time? I I think I would probably have another outer body experience because I did the first time. Everyone says, like, you know, when they say, Oh, I didn't know, I was I honestly truly did not think I was going to win. I was completely shocked. Completely shocked. And again, so thrilled. I mean, the women that I was up against, phenomenal women who I just, you know, love and idolize. They're just, they're just such wonderful women. Uh, so yeah, it would be a huge honor if I, if I were to take it home. I mean, we'll see, fingers crossed, you know, but I I know it's cliche. Like, I'm just glad I'm nominated. I truly am (laughs) because of the work we all put into it. Uh, I, I just, I can't stress it enough. We all, we really did Work our asses off in those scenes, and I wanted to do with those scenes like just do the research and and, and was looking at videos on YouTube and and not just the person who suffered from addiction, the family members, how they were affected. So again, just to get a nomination because it is you, you can be nervous when you're film, doing those scenes because again, I, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but you want to do it the right way. You don't want to say, "Well, this is just too fake," and you. I, I, it's already a win for me when people reach out on my social media and say, you really touched me. I've been there. My son, my daughter has been there. You know, they've got through it. They didn't like to know that they were touched by this, that storyline, you know, I already feel like we won. Well, we are coming up on the 13th anniversary of your Bold and Beautiful debut, which took place on June 4th, 2008. So tell us your b casting story. Well, I am originally from Canada and I ended up coming down for pilot season. And for those who don't understand pilot season, it's just a, basically a bunch of shows that go during a certain time. And there are some of the shows with the pilot episodes. So some of the shows will go and some of the shows will not go. And I, was very fortunate enough to get the Bold and Beautiful audition and it is so different from when you're auditioning in Canada back then because we, you know, when you're auditioning in Canada, you're not auditioning in a bunch of like production companies, they're not like CBS and networks, you just kind of go to a little office and you audition and you leave My audition, Bold and Beautiful, was first off a show that I grew up watching. My family grew up watching. Oddly enough, I had a weird, like, it's so weird because I actually had a TV crush on my, a crush on my TV dad years (laughs) ago. So weird. So twisted. But, like, I love, like, I just had a crush on him. (laughs) So, so needless to say, I was extremely nervous uh, auditioning. Uh, but I felt prepared. And I remember going into CBS, you like have to go into the lot, you check in and then you walk down the hall and it's just like a bunch of billboards and posters of all the shows you like grew up watching. And then I went in, uh, and uh, so, so auditions are a little different. Uh, they just give you so much dialogue to audition. Like it's not like a regular TV show, maybe at nighttime or a movie where you might get, you know, five pages, three pages, five, yeah, like maybe eight. Like, oh had yeah, just monologues, just so many monologues and emotional stuff. They want to see like everything, like what you can do. And again, I had no idea who I was auditioning for. Uh, I actually need to circle back and ask that question because I can't remember now because I think, I think, I don't know if they changed the character, but, um, because usually when you do an audition for a soap opera, you don't know who you're going in for. And it's sometimes it's older dialogue. Uh, so it was somebody else's scene. I can't remember what it was. And then I left. And once I got back home, uh, it's like a random apartment I was re- renting. Cause I only like planned on being there for uh, pilot season. I got a call to come back and test. I meet uh, Brad Bell. So I met Brad Bell and then you go back, back home again. And then I get the call to uh, do my screen test with, Uh, Texas Battle and then I found out I booked it I was at the Grove actually I was in a changing I was changing at like some store and they called me to let me know I I booked it and I remember just screaming so loud in the change room people must have thought I was insane (laughs) (laughs) wow that's amazing did you ever tell Ron Moss that you had a little crush on him yes (laughs) (laughs) was he gracious Oh, yes. I still have a crush on it. Like, I love it. <laughs> well, you were not that deep into your career at the time. Did it feel like a big deal in your career? I'm assuming so, if you let out a screen. Yeah. Like, it. yes, absolutely. I mean, like I said, it was the show that I grew up watching. So I was so thrilled. It's such an, you know, as I was working on different projects in Canada, I worked on, like, a Disney show that didn't get picked up. And then, like, I did a... like a mow like movie of the weeks and like small parts here and there and um you know the first week i remember booking once i booked the show they gave me all the dialogue and i felt very prepared so it was like the first five episodes i felt good i'm like i'm present in these scenes i'm you know we have all this dialogue but like i felt very confident You know, but but it's also daunting too because you don't know your character and you've got to figure it out. You only have so much time to figure out like where is Steffi from? And then I was like, okay, screw it, I have to make her my own. But then the Saturday came, and then they gave me, I think it was eight episodes for the following week, and that's when I blacked out. And then I blacked out for three years. Maybe I might have blacked out for five. Like it was so crazy. I just it was such a different way of like learning and trying to keep up. I literally felt like I was treading water. Like <laughs> I was just like, I was just the wild, the wildest thing. And, but I also learned so much from that. Uh, and I, I feel like for me, it's like you, you learn more in your struggles, not in your success. So I really felt like, yes, I was struggling because it just felt there was so much dialogue and so grateful for storylines, but we moved so quick and, And again, trying to find the backstory and and trying to put it all together. It's like my brain, I just felt cross-eyed. And then finally, it just kind of clicked one day. You know, the one thing I did, like what I learned from myself is that I learned not to be hard on myself, you know, because we all make mistakes. We all, we all mess up. And I can't keep looking outside for validation. Like I, it's just not who I am. It's just, I gotta, you know, focus on the work and do the best I can in the moment and just keep it moving. And that's what I did because I, yeah, those first few years, like <laughs> I gotta say that first week, great. <laughs> After that week, oh my God. And like, yeah, there was good moments, but yeah, it was extremely tough to get into the, the swing of things there. And I, uh, I, you know, it was heavy storyline, fun storyline, but it was just dialogue, so much dialogue. I couldn't believe it. It was nothing like I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now by bringing Steffi on the canvas, I mean the show at the time was really making an effort to create a next generation of foresters. Were you aware of how big a role Steffi would play and how the longevity of this character really was sort of open-ended? Yeah. Yeah. That obviously was a lot of weight on my shoulders, but it's, it's funny because I, it was extremely exciting, but I just didn't want to look ahead. I just wanted to be so in the moment and say, cause you just never know. Everything can be taken away from you. People are recast shows come and go. And I just wasn't looking like 10, 15 years. I said, you know, and I'm grateful for this moment and I'm just going to keep being grateful and, and just do the work and we'll see what happens. And then I kind of started to realize that, oh, wow, because, you know, there's waves. You have a storyline, and then it kind of goes away. And that's kind of everybody. Like, we all have our storylines, and it comes and it goes, and it just is what it is on daytime. But I started noticing that Steffi was staying a lot longer. She was kind of in everyone's business. And I thought, okay, I think she's here to stay. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's... Uh, It's a huge honor. I mean, again, yeah, to know that I like grew up loving Stephanie Forrester and, and uh, Brooke and Taylor. Like, it's just the wildest thing to me. I I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know what to expect. No, but I'm enjoying it. Clearly, I'm still on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Was there an intimidation or um, starstruck factor that you had to push through? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know it's so cliche when people say, Oh, we all get along. Like it's true. I wish everyone that I've ever worked with and anyone who's a fan of the show, I wish they could come on set with us because we have the best show hands down. Like I, we do, we do there. It's, we work hard. We play hard. I get to go to work every single day and have the biggest tummy lap which we forget to have, you know, you go to school and you used to get the giggles. Like we don't get that as much anymore as adults, but we get to have that on our show. Yes. Are there days where it can be stressful? Absolutely. I don't take that kind of stress home with me. It's just not who I am. Um, but yeah, I remember, you know, I was really nervous where my first scenes, uh, was with Taylor, I believe it was Taylor. I know it was Ridge. And I think it was Taylor. And of course, yes, I was nervous, but they were just so welcoming and so sweet that I immediately felt at ease. And then I remember... Watching a few other scenes and seeing, you know, Susan Flannery, and I knew I had to work with her, and I was terrified. And like I was watching her do one of the scenes, and she's just yelling at someone. She's like, "Get out! You need to learn those lines!" And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, "Oh my god! I have to film with her! I have to be so professional and know my lines!" And I was. I was so nervous, but. We just got on so well, like it was really interesting. She, she felt like family to family to me. It was so weird. So yeah, there was mo- moments where I was terrified and again, you know, you go to work and some days you have good days and like some days your brain just doesn't work. Now that I'm back at work, yeah, I ha- do I have mom brain and like feel like I can't even form a sentence? Yes, that happened. I need my coffee now. So I completely get like, you have your days. Um, so yeah, it can be a little daunting. I remember in the earlier years, I was really like the only young, like younger person on the show. Like there was Phoebe, and then Phoebe Mackenzie Mossey. She ended up leaving, and uh, there was Texas Battle, but he was new to the show too. So I, I, I wasn't really like everyone was so sweet, but I didn't really I didn't really go to people to ask for advice like I would try but I was still kind of nervous where now it's like a lot there's more of the younger cast so I try to like go in and try to give advice but I also let them do their thing too uh but it's yeah you still have those moments hey I've been on this show for I don't know how many years now but I still get nervous there's still days where I'm like oh my god I don't feel as prepared and I'll be hard on myself because you know I want to be prepared and I want to be able to bring it and I don't want to go over time for everyone. Everyone needs to go home. Maybe it's the Canadian guilt. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, I still get, have days where I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the feeling you had walking into the Forrester Mansion set that first time or seeing Stephanie's portrait over the fireplace? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy because it all feels like yesterday. Yeah, it's it's. Really surreal to be on a set and to know that you watch the show. It is, and maybe I just loved it so much, and maybe I just manifested it. Who knows? And you know, I'm a true believer in manifestation, so maybe it was that, but it really is such a surreal moment. You know, I it's funny because like we'll have like now in my we just moved into a a new house, and there's like little bits of our living room, and I go, like I love our house but it's very feels like the Forrester living room like did I I don't know like did I? <laughs> it's just like a weird it's weird I don't know maybe because I've been on the show for so long and now I wanted something like that in my real life <laughs> but uh yeah it's such a it's it's crazy to me still well uh in your years playing Steppy I don't know if you know this, Jackie, but you've had a number of notable leading men. Uh, A lot of them have have borne the last name Spencer. Um, So I would love to get your take on uh, some of these fellas. What comes to mind when you think about working with Darren Brooks and about like the Steffi-Wyatt relationship? I enjoyed it. I think that was super, that was so much fun. That was, yeah, I had a great time because Darren's so much fun to work with. And he's just like, he always brings a little comedy. And I love, again, I love working with him and we just laugh and laugh and laugh. And I'm very close with his, his wife, Kelly, but I loved it. Number one, because it's always Steffi just you know, she always thinks that she's going to be with Liam. You know, it was always Liam this and Liam that. So anytime a new guy came in, I was all for it. Mm-hmm. The funny thing, though, with Steffi and Wyatt, like, they, they were similar in a lot of ways. They're both kind of goofy at times. They love, like, surfing and the outdoors. So it could have worked. But then I think maybe Steffi could have walked all over him. <laughs> and I think that's why she had to keep it moving. I also, <laughs> I think with Liam, although it's it, like, Stephanie just realized like you could she could walk all over him too. <laughs> a um, but I think there's, maybe cause she just doesn't, she doesn't have him figured out. Like there's just something that maybe it's the, and this is her own trauma probably that she's like a hard to get knowing that there's a piece of him that's still with hope and that she's still like, maybe can break that. Mm -hmm. And that's clearly the trauma of Ridge and Brooke and Taylor. So, you know, she's uh, cut from the same cloth there. (laughs) I think, think, uh, yeah, with Liam, she oddly enough feels at home with him. But they're opposite. And I guess opposites attract. And then you have Bill. And I liked Steffi and Bill together. I liked it. Yeah, swossy. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I think that, yeah, he had that edge and he has this. I think he's like the dark horse and has this wall up, but I feel as though Steffi's definitely the one that can break it down. And you can see those sensitive moments with Bill mm-hmm. and vice versa. They have, you know, they have a certain thing. You can't put your finger on it, but there is an energy there. And I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing. But as ladies know, it's like you meet a guy and you're like, I don't know what it is. It's the energy. It's like there's just something. We don't know. That's like, could be a red flag. I don't know. <laughs> We've all been there. So I, I, I think they all bring out different things in Steffi. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about the fact that the Still fans are holding out hope that Kelly is Bills? I know. I know. We shall see. You never know. You never know. <laughs> You, they, they, it's, it's crazy to me that, you know, people on social media when the first when the Bill and Steffi thing happened years and years and years ago, I just thought that would come and go. And I did not think the amount of like love for still like till this day, they reach out and they're just saying, when are you guys getting back together? When are you going to? So again, that could that could be a possibility. I, I don't know when, but like they are some loyal fans. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned your dynamic with Darren. What is your real-life dynamic like with Don Diamond and Scott Clifton, the other two uh, men in the equation here? We – it's funny. Like, I, I get along with all of them so well. It's – it goes back to that same thing, like I said earlier, about the tummy laugh. they They just make me laugh, you know? All of them do. And we all – we, we get on so well, and then we also poke fun at each other. And I feel as though we need more blooper reels, because then you can see the real us in between the scenes. Um, but we like to push each other's buttons. And... It's just, you just get the, Don loves to bust me because my Canadian accent will come out. So the O's and N's and E's. And, <laughs> so he'll, once he starts doing that in the scene, and then I have to keep a straight face. It's like, we got to roll into the next scene. It's very difficult. And yeah Scott and I we're like, we just, we just laugh. Like, I, I, I wish I could say what it is. It's just, it's a good bunch to work with. It's, I'm never, I'm never tired of them. Mm-hmm. Steffi could be tired. I wish Steffi was tired of Liam Moore. <laughs> so last year, the show granted you would have been a big wish list item for a lot of fans and brought on a new love interest for your character, Finn, played by Tanner Novlan. So first tell us how you felt when you found out that the show was casting a new man for you. Were you like, uh, it's about time? Yeah, yeah. I was like, it was about time. I, yeah. I remember when we did a scene... Uh, last year and it was. His name was Sam. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember the character name, but he came in and it was like a random scene during a fashion show. And this key, like good looking dude is asking Steffi out on a date. And she, she says, no. And I'm looking at the pages like, what am I saying? No, Steffi needs to move on. What are we doing? Like <laughs> to get over, we got to get under. Let's keep it going. And so it <laughs> didn't end up happening. So uh, I was very... Thrills and like because yes, he just needs to have some fun. It's been so many tears and the back and forth, and I understand that you know she has history with him, but she still needs to have a little fun too. It can't it can't just be about Liam. And I know for so many viewers, and even myself, you know, when I read the script, you start to look at this character like a friend, and it's that friend that you want to tell them and shake them, move on. Come on. They're not giving you what you need. So I was thrilled. Yeah, to say the least that um that Tanner was coming on. Obviously still so much love to Scott and and we'll still have many scenes to come. But I think Steffi just needed they just needed a fresh face for her. Mm-hmm. Uh and he's wonderful. He's a fellow Canadian and it's been really nice. Uh I mean it was difficult for him at the beginning because we started the show uh, we, he started right when we got back and it was all the protocols of staying six feet away from one another. So you wanted to have that chemistry there, but we couldn't really be there for each other. Uh, so that was a little difficult and kind of learning that dance, but, uh, yeah, fun things are to come with, with, uh, Steffi and Finn. It's really exciting. Now Tanner came into the picture of first Steffi when she, uh, became dependent on drugs in the wake of an accident. What was your reaction to learning that you would be playing an addiction storyline? I First off, I, I, I was excited to dive into a meaty storyline. Um, and I, I just wanted to do it the right way. It, it's, it was that fine line of really telling the story, bringing truth to it, People needed to know, you know, What I think it's important to shine a light on this topic specifically, especially during 2020 when the numbers just increased drastically. But also, you know, how long we were going to be doing the scene, these, this storyline, because it was such a depressing time and we were the first show back. And it was that question about, okay, we need to tell the story. We have to do it the right way, but we can't keep doing this day in and day out. It's people are coming to our show and looking for some, something that's fun. We can't make it so depressing. And, and, and uh, Brad Bell was really smart to say, okay, there's a story. We, we will tell the story. We need to tell the story, which we did. And then we will, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. So grateful for the storyline um, and grateful for the time doing it. I was also pregnant doing that. Uh, you know storyline too, so it was good. You know that nice pace of like, okay, I want to do these emotional scenes and be present, but also be mindful of of a baby, uh, which was which surprisingly, I didn't know how that was. I, I was questioning like, how do people do it? How are they so emotional but weird? Like motherhood, I you know was able to like protect that area. I know it sounds like so like woo, but it's it's something that um, it's kind of like a it was like a weird power. It's amazing your energy. I was pre- protecting that and, uh, you know, that part of me. Um, but, you know, I, I'm happy that we did tell this story. Mm-hmm. Well, you did such a beautiful job with those intense scenes surrounding Steffi's downward spiral into addiction. Um, but I'm kind of curious to know, did you find the scenes more challenging in a way to play out given the strict social distancing that you had to do at the time? Like, did that factor into your performances at all? Yes, yeah, absolutely. It was, we only had a certain amount of time, and you had it, you know, it is like a dance because you were filming. Sometimes we'd be filming my side, and then we'd be filming their side, and because one would have to step out, and then you're looking at nothing, you know, and you're trying to bring the emotion, you're trying to be there, and then you have to be mindful about overlapping one another. And again, if you step, a certain way, the audio, the mic might go out, your lighting might go out. It wasn't, it, usually everything's so much more closer and intimate. So it, it was, but the good thing about these scenes, like they're dirty, they're gritty. They're so like, it was, you wanted it to be messy and that though the, there was one scene where uh, it's over at Brooks and uh, where uh, she admits that she's, been taking pills there were long scenes you know and I believe we did that I think we did that scene once we did that scene once and then we had to do a pickup at the end for Catherine because she had to like step out uh you know with the I guess social distancing so we did that long scene once over and there were, and that was, I. that's why I was so impressed by everyone because we all brought it and it's like my character. So out of it and I'm moving and I just had to think like, okay, screw the lighting, screw this. Let's get messy. This is something real. People go through this. Let's m- try to make it as real as possible. And it, yeah, like there's of course moments where, well, it's interesting because when Steffi pulls out the knife, that was uh, Torsten's one of his ideas because Torsten kept arguing, he would go and he would hug his daughter. He would go and he would hold her. And to know that he couldn't do that due to social distancing is very difficult for him as an actor, for the storyline, the character, not to go in and be there for his daughter. So we had to think like, what is something that's going to keep him away? And it was the night. She's so out of it. She brings a night and everyone had to stay away. Uh, so, you know, we were kind of just figuring things out really quick, but I guess moments like that in those eight page scenes, those 11 page scenes, you, we, we just had to be so present. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to get another shot of this. We're not getting another shot. We're doing this right now. And those emotions were so real with everyone. You know, we were all just feeding off of each other and just the lines. I love the way it was written and it was just so true, you know, and my, my heart just went out to so many people who were going through that. So it was a very raw and real scene. You mentioned before how uh, when B&B did come back into production, the first scripted series to do so, there were so many eyes on the show and so many headlines stemming from the fact that the show was using mannequins in the scene. What was it like to be in scenes with mannequins? Yeah, that it was It's funny. I it's it's such a I kept thinking like, okay, maybe this is like Avatar and I just like this is what they do in Avatar, but there's no CGI and I don't know, if we're just gonna have to figure this out. So uh yeah, some people brought their significant others in. I did not bring my husband in. I was like, no, you're not doing this. And he was also working through it. Uh he, he's an agent and he's yeah, he kind of works behind the camera. Uh so i had i had a mannequin there were it was hilarious you had moments where you know luckily tanner's wife is has a little similar look to me so that was easy to pull off and then then it would be my turn to go in and kiss not just like a mannequin it was like a it's was like a stick with like a styrofoam head and then you have to go kiss it which you think would be easy but it's not because it's not stuck to the ground. So you're closing your eyes and you're wobbling everywhere. So yeah, that was so awkward. And then I think the most awkward one was the love scene that Steffi, uh, that Steffi had with Finn. And he had his, he basically had a nice love scene with his wife. It looked beautiful. It looked like Steffi. And then I pop in here and there it's just like my head popping in and out. And then when I had to film my side, I'm like eight months pregnant. I'm in lingerie. They want me like all fours, like belly out, but they have to hide my belly. And then also they want me to look like I'm kissing him, but there's no mannequin. It's just the air. I looked insane. Like we could not stop laughing it was so hard to get into character because I looked absolutely ridiculous (laughs) like the crew in the camera like the cameras were shaking we were all laughing so hard just me on all fours pregnant belly lingerie and just rolling my head around it was insane it looked good yeah it looked good after I was very impressed (laughs) Um, now after Stephanie got clean and got involved with Finn, she fell back into bed with Liam and then found herself pregnant in a who's the daddy story. Um, at the time, did you have a preference for how it was going to be scripted that the baby at first turned out to be Liam and then was proven to be Finn's? Did you have a preference of who you wanted the dad to be? I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted the, the baby daddy to be Finn. You know, there was moments I... At, like playing Steffi and thinking, okay, maybe in the back of her mind, she wants a little bit to be, to be Liam, but no, 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 like Finn, because there's always a place there. She obviously slept with him. Uh, I remember when they did sleep together, I was just really leaning into, and not as an excuse, but I wanted it to be, they were drinking and it got, of course they're into each other but then they tried to take out the alcohol and I go, no, 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 no. Cause then Steffi knows that she's actually made that choice and she's sleeping with him because he's ending it with hope. It just seemed a little weak to me. I just thought, no, that's, I don't want to shoot. I don't want to do that. So they kind of kept taking, Oh no, we're not going to say that you're drunk. And I kept just leaning in. No, no, I'm playing. I'm drunk because this is the only way my character would be doing this right now. It would be, So I just, so that was the one thing I kept pushing back on and yeah, so they had a few drinks and of course, you know, they, they have a certain thing and they ended up get jump, you know, hopping in bed together. Like I, I, it just, I think if they were both sober, I think it would have maybe taken a little, it maybe still would have happened, but it might've taken a little longer, but I think there had to have been alcohol involved because the next day was like she's in a she's with Finn and she doesn't want to ruin that and again yeah just the idea of I didn't want to be weak in that sense of oh because the excuses afterwards were no you don't understand Finn I slept with him because I thought he was done with hope (laughs) like that doesn't make any sense like that (laughs) doesn't make any sense if I were Finn I'd be like thank you that's what does that even mean So I had to keep saying, no, I was drunk. I'm an idiot. I drank too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that Steffi is expecting a baby with Finn officially and engaged to him, in your mind as Steffi's portrayer, do you feel that she has finally closed the chapter on Liam in the book of her romantic life? (sighs) I hope so for a little bit. <laughs> I hope so. I never say never, but I, I hope that it's closed for some time. I, I don't know what's to come. Uh, I know there, there's fun storylines coming up, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think Steffi is ready to go back yet. If it is, let's have Finn and Liam fight for her. Not two women fighting for for Liam. <laughs> exactly. Well, to that end, you have worked with two actresses playing Hope, first Kimatula, now Annika Noel. You know, what has that been like, you know, just to have these very close co-stars in these, the, the story that has lasted now for well over a decade? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing to think that it's been this triangle for so long. And both of them played Hope beautifully. You know, they all, they both had their own own take which I loved and I think at the beginning in the earlier years Kim was wonderful and I think now with Annika she's spectacular like I think it's sometimes daunting for a lot of actors to come in and go okay I gotta fill the shoes I gotta act like this and I keep saying like no you do you you do you and you're talented and you'll be all right don't worry about oh I gotta be like this and she like really came into her own and like just really did such a stellar job. Um, So I guess it's new for, it's great because technically I get a different actor to play with. Yes, it's the same uh, like story, but she brings a new life into this character. And uh, it's really, she's super sweet and she's had dealt with some like heavy storylines and she really nails it. I think she's really good with the heavy stuff and uh, excited to see what's, what's to come. But yeah, Annika's great. Absolutely love working with her. Going back to Steffi's pregnancy, a big part of the reason I would imagine that she became pregnant is that, as you mentioned, you were pregnant with uh, your new baby. So the last time we had you on the podcast, you were a newlywed, and now you are the mother of these two gorgeous little boys, Ryze and Lennox. How has that transition been like for you over the past few years, going from no babies to one baby to now an infant and a baby? It is a complete whirlwind. Uh, I've grown in so many ways. I think that, you know, they have made me so much more present. I've also feel like I've opened up a different layer to me in just in my scenes alone, because I'm dealing with obviously baby stuff. And now it's, I finally clicked it, clicked in and like, I get it now. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel it as though I just want to like, want time to, it gets crazy because of course you're, you know, a mom of two and some days you're not sleeping and some days, you know, you go to work and you don't know your lines, like I said, but like, I just, I want to hold on to these moments. I want time to slow down as much as I possibly can because these moments right now are just so beautiful. Uh, but yeah, juggling it all is, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, it, yeah, it is, it, it can be challenging. Like I just got back to work and I'm trying to figure navigate it all, but I, yeah, I just feel like I've learned so much throughout the years. Um, it's the absolute best. And I remember telling, uh, you know, Brad, you know, when I was pregnant, the, cause the first pregnancy, I was pregnant on the show. And then after, uh, after I had the baby on the show, then I got pregnant in real life, which was great because it was, you know, my storyline wasn't crazy. I, I really got to like, they, they hid the pregnancy, um, but it was very chill. And then this time around, I, yeah, I was pregnant in, I, like in May or the beginning of June. So right when we got back and I just wanted to keep it quiet for a little bit. Um, and then Brad obviously was the first person that I, I told and uh, we thought, okay, maybe we'll do the storyline. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's interesting because my, my belly was growing a lot quicker than Steffi's. So we were (laughs) hiding it a lot. And then, um, yeah, we saw a little, I think to the tail, tail end of my real pregnancy, you finally get to see my real baby bump. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. So now, now I have a fake baby bump. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what did that feel like? What does it feel like to put it back on? Uh, well, it's hilarious considering right after, like, we were filming scenes and then I went over to Maggiano's and I had a drink and I totally forgot that I had the baby bump on. So, uh, yeah, I remember ordering, like, a little a martini and I felt my belly. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This isn't real. It's sponge. It's sponge. It's fake. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it was weird. Like, I, I guess when I put it on, I, it just felt like normal again. And then... Yeah, of course. When you're out and about, when you're ordering alcohol, it's not good. Joke to self. Yeah. How would you describe your boys? Tell us about their personalities. They're they're great. You know, I'm I'm really really lucky. Like they they're both two little Pisces, little feelers. Uh, so it's been it's been good thus far. They I was nervous at the beginning because I just wasn't sure. Like I have a half sister who's like 20 years older than me. So I'm technically an only child. And so is my husband. And we just didn't know the dynamic. How it was we de- Like, we don't understand siblings. We don't know how it works. We don't know what's going to happen when we bring the baby home. And it was amazing. Like, we have this amazing video where we bring Lennox home and Rise was just so sweet. I thought he, I, I just was expecting the worst. I expected him to be jealous and try to hit him and like he hasn't, he's been so sweet. Of course he's a toddler. And he has his moments where he's like eyes, nose, and then he coax a little too hard, but <laughs> he doesn't like really get it yet. But they've been so, so good. They're, yeah, they're real, they're, their personalities. Nice seeing Lennox's. Now he's now three months, his personality come out and he's like really just wanting to connect. And my oldest who's uh two, yeah, he's just like a boy. Like he is like like just running around sports, everything, basketball. It's like the loop when I'm off with him, it's tennis, basketball, uh, soccer, the whole thing all day, every day. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's, it is, it's really great. I'm just trying to, you know, those moments when it's like chaotic, just try to like, know that, okay, this too shall pass and just really enjoy it. You know, he was, I was doing some interviews today and trying to get other stuff done and, I have like breastfeeding Lennox and I have to put him down and then Rise is just following me everywhere. And I'm like, I just need to get these interviews done. But then I just stop myself and go, there's going to be a moment where he's not going to want to hang out with me. So just like, enjoy it right now. Just enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. That's good advice to yourself. (laughs) Now it was, it was like just a few months after Rise was born in 2019 that you did take home your first daytime. I mean, you said you had an out-of-body experience and I'm sure the whole night was like a bit of a blur, but what does stand out to you about, uh, the daytime Emmys? Oh my gosh. That that night was insane. Like it was, like I said, I did not expect to win at all. I was in Palm Springs for the weekend. I brought, brought my son and went with my friends and, we got back in the morning and I was getting ready. I did like my, my girlfriend was doing my hair. I was doing my makeup. I had my baby on me. And first thing I had to change my dress because I didn't breastfeeding and that dress didn't work. So I thought, okay, you know what? I need a black dress just in case anything happens. I don't want to be leaking. I got to be smart. It's yeah. So luckily we had a, this black dress uh went to the award show and right when I got onto the red carpet my heel broke so I'm walking with this broken heel trying to like make it look like everything's okay and then when we got to uh the show and mama's get it man. like I had to like there was just no area where I could pump my boobs so my boobs like by the beginning of the show like my boobs were like just normal. And then, at the end they were just massive <laughs> and, then, and then I had to walk. And then I found out and it was, there was so many things that were going through my mind. Honestly, it was a complete gratitude and just, I couldn't believe that I won. I did, like I said, outer body experience. Also, how am I going to get up these stairs because my heel was broken. And then when I got to this uh, on the stage, like I haven't spoken to anyone in so long. I went from like saying goo goo gaga to babies. And then I'm like speaking to like millions of people that are watching and I'm I'm, like, Oh my God, I can't even form a sentence. And then (laughs) thinking that my boobs are going to explode. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it was, I, I, I can't, still can't believe it, but yeah, very, very grateful, but what a night, what, I've learned so much from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do that, you can do anything. Really? Yeah, no, I was like, okay, now I understand, like, there, I'm a superhero, like, how do we, how do how does women do this stuff? <laughs> um, do you feel that being a mother has changed you as a performer at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel, uh, you know, I think it didn't, really like register with the baby stuff. I just couldn't, I could get there. Like I'm a dog lover. Like I've always been a dog. I love my dogs. Like, so I'm, I just never been the type of person that was like, oh my God, babies. I love babies. Like, I'm just not, I'm not that person until I had my own. And now I get it. I go, get it now. Now I like babies. I'm like, oh my God, they're so sweet. I was just always a dog person. So I guess now going like, with these like babies, I was so nervous because people would bring in their children. And I'm thinking, Oh my God. Like I remember the month before I had rise, I, they had a baby and I was just like, I I had to feed the baby a bottle and I've never done that. Like, I was so like, Oh my God, I don't, am I, am I going to have a baby in a month? Because I don't clearly know how to take care of this baby and the baby's crying. And it was just a lot, but Yeah, just kind of everything kind of changed after that. And you know, we we just had a a baby on the show and felt completely at ease, you know, obviously with two children now. But yeah, just it's just opened my heart in different ways. And um yeah, I I think I'm I'm really I'm more present, uh even more so in my scenes. Well, we will see you make your triumphant post-maternity leave return to the show very soon, as we mentioned. It is slated for May 31st, and we could not be more excited to have Steffi back on the canvas. How has it been for you to be back at work? You did mention, of course, trying to figure everything out now with even more schedules to take into consideration. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, you know, it's bittersweet because I, you know, you want to be with your children. It's It's weird. Like, you want moments, like, I just need a break, and I your kids and then you're away from your kids and then you miss them it's a weird dance that we we go through but I I I just I, I wanted to be back and be with my cast and my crew and it's been so good uh and it's been wonderful you know Brad has been you know we put a lot of my scenes together at the beginning um so I'm able to get in film my scenes and be back with my kids and it's been it's nice like I said the first day back yeah, I was a little rusty and I felt like I could do a whole, there's already another blooper reel for me just from (laughs) my first day back. I thought, Oh my God, my, where's my brain? It just, my brain has left the building. Uh, we're finally getting into a good rhythm now. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, we just, we're just making it work, but it's been nice to be back with everybody and exciting with excited for new storylines. And, uh, yeah, just, just trying to be, You know, just try to balance, you know, as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything you could tease about what's coming up for Steffi or what we can expect from Steffi when she's back? So what you could expect from Steffi is a lovely little baby bump. She's ready to have her child and growing her family with Finn and just being truly happy in the moment with that, in the moment with uh, Finn and her daughter, Kelly. Uh, there will be some drama along the way and finding out things with, you know, Vinny and Liam and Thomas. I'm sure she's going to get thrown into that. But right now I'm hoping that there's no drama for Steffi in her personal life. But well, we shall see. <laughs> uh, well, lastly, is there anything that you would like to say now that you we are giving you the floor to uh, speak directly to the Steffi fans who are so passionate about your work, about the character that you uh, bring to life and are so looking forward to having you back on the show. I just want to tell them how much I, I love them. I see them on Instagram. I see them on social media and it makes me so, so happy. Like they honestly feel like friends. So just know that, I see you, I hear you, I love you. Steffi is going to be back. New fun storylines. And I just appreciate you guys so much. Well, count us as people who are very excited to see you back on camera. And it was just so great to catch up with you. We're so happy for everything wonderful going on in your life. Big congratulations. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing what's next. Yeah, thanks. And thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, I loved it. Thank you again. Bye, Jackie. Bye.